What's going on, y'all? It's Brandon McGee. We're here another week. It is Sunday, 9 a.m. Well, some of y'all might be at church. I'm not sure. I hope you're at church. Uh, but we have an amazing guest uh, that's really going to talk to us a little bit about the importance of financial planning uh, and wealth gap or wealth disparity, if you would. Um, and just really have a candid conversation on the importance of making plans, you know, like a budget. Uh, but I am not going to do any justice by talking further on the subject matter when I have an expert in the room. Um, his name is Bilal Afalabi, and he probably will say I messed that up again after we rehearsed it, but it's all good because he's here and we're inside the room. Uh, and I refuse to, to ask him to say his, his name because I messed up. So we're just gonna enjoy ourselves. But nonetheless, uh, Bilal uh, is a West African immigrant um, that became this certified financial planner uh, some years ago after starting his career. Uh, and I am just so, again, honored, Bilal, that you're here inside the room um, on this Sunday talking about the importance of financial planning. But before we jump into all of that, I want to know a little bit more about Bilal, his story, his journey. Uh, talk to us. Talk to yeah. us. Yeah. First of all, uh, Brendan, thank you so much for having me. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, because my family would kill me otherwise. Uh, Bilal Afalabi. Oh, <laughs> but uh, our journey really just from the last name, really, it's nice. That's hilarious, because my family would kill me, Afalabi. Afalabi, they absolutely would. They absolutely would. Um, so get my last name from my father. Uh, he's from Nigeria. My mom's from Ghana, and they migrated to Togo, West Africa, where I was born. Yeah. And when I was born, my father had left the country in pursuit of a better life for our family. So for the first eight years of my life, we stayed in Togo, and then we got the call to move to Hartford, Connecticut. And then we're being eight years old, super excited to come to America, right? Like super excited. There's gonna be flying, like literally planes are flying everywhere. The cars are also flying. The parks are beautiful. I'm gonna love the snow. Did you say the cars are flying? The cars are flying. That was literally my vision at eight years old of America. Um, and then we moved to Hartford, Connecticut. And Brady, you know as well as I do, the cars are not mm -hmm. flying today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we, they will be in, in, will be. in the coming days. I, I believe they will. And I'm glad I'm in the U.S. to experience it. Uh, so that's the background. Uh, growing up, I saw my father have his own business. He ended up helping us move from Windsor, uh, from Hartford to Windsor. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on. Slow, slow down, because I feel like you're so used to telling that part of your story. Um, yeah. Why Hartford? Out of all the places, most immigrants, when they, uh, you know, migrate here, they go to New York. Why didn't you all go to New York, but you chose a little city and Hartford? You didn't go to New Haven. You didn't go to Stanford. Y'all came to Hartford. Why Hartford? Yeah. Hartford, so, Connecticut, that is, for all the people listening to us. So it's funny enough, we all go to New York. So he flew to JFK. We flew to JFK. In fact, when he came to the U.S., his first job was a taxi driver in New York. Oh my he got God. a call for a big opportunity in Hartford. So he had a moving from New York to Harvard. This is us in Africa. Remember, he wants to get the, himself ready to bring us to the U.S. So this was his journey. So he had a move into Hartford for the big promotion. And he was a manager, believe it or not, at a dollar store. That was a big promotion for him. And he was actually, he had nine roommates uh, living in Hartford until he started his trucking company. Wait, did and you say nine? It was 10, 10 men living in Hartford trying to keep expenses low, save as much as they can to bring their families from Africa to the that U.S. Is so, that is so dope. So through his business as a truck driver, he started to do well, had his own place, and then that's when he brought us here. Business kept growing, and then we moved from Hartford to Windsor because moving he wanted to on up, moving That's on. it. <laughs> and from there, middle school, high school, typical African, we all play soccer, right? So that's the thing. And high school was here. I was getting recruited to go to my top school. And uh, unfortunately, I couldn't go to that school because it was What school expensive. was that? What school was uh, that? Dartmouth. Mass Dartmouth. Mm. Um, and coach said, hey, this is a tuition. We'll cover half of it. And even then, we still couldn't afford it. Wow. So that's when I made the decision, really, to begin my career in financial planning. Because I no longer want money to hinder me from whatever it is that I wanted in life. Mm. So... So wait, so was that your 
story that made you feel like, oh, we struggled? Like what I want to hear, or at least what I'm trying to pull out of you is at what point did you realize or recognize the sacrifices your parents made in order for your future to be where it is now, right? I've noticed it every step of the way. And mm-hmm. I think not going to the college of my choice was a last really? Got it. Right, that, that, that was it. It wasn't the other little things of not coming to the soccer games because of work. Like it wasn't that because I understood that. But it's like I worked my entire life. Like if you're African, you're going to college. Like that's that's it. And it's like I finally like got here. I'm on top of the mountain. And it's like we still can't reward you. Are you the only child? No, my oldest sister already led the pack. So when we moved here, she's she's literally my my saint. Like she's the one. She's like <laughs> you're talking about me. It's her. So watch her come. Give her a special <laughs> shout out, please. Name her. Yeah, Kafa, I love you. You're the goat. <laughs> Literally made this possible. Uh, That's so, what's up. Yeah, she went to Hartford High, and then from there went to UConn. Mm. And she went to UConn. Is super brilliant. Every time we saw Kafa, she was always reading. So for me, it's like okay, I have to be in the books, not just athletics. So I saw her go to college. So I had no choice. I had to go to college too. Mm. You know, so that's how I was in our family. And then that's when I made the decision. I said, okay, where am I going to go to school? And for talking about transition to financial planning, the first big financial decision that literally we start to make in our lives as young adults is what college are you going to go to? That's the path that you choose. Because one of the big dilemmas that we're facing now is student loans. So I started thinking strategically about where do I see myself, even at a young age, 10 years from now, 15 years, 20 years from now. And I'm starting Mm -hmm. to see that big bubble of student loans, student loans, student loans. And I did not want that problem. So strategically, I went to Central Connecticut State University because it came with an accredited business school. It was a division one school that recruited me to play soccer. So I got mm-hmm. scholar, athletic and academic scholarship and it'll be in the cheapest state school. And well, what- pa- pause a second, because I think you're like one of a kind. You're probably... Yeah. So let me let me step it back a little bit. Right. I remember doing research um, during my college um, research and um, I applied to a lot of schools. Um, And at one point I said, I didn't care how many loans. I also got a lot of scholarships. But at that point, I didn't care how many loans I needed. I knew that my success was going to college, graduating, come back and, and support my family. And saying that there are so many um, of aspiring or let's just say young people interested in going to college, their families aren't in, a, they're not in a financial position to really support uh, financially, but they can, you know, hey, I want to be there with you. I believe in you, etc. But you may need to take out those loans. Why? I mean, I don't think we really defined financial planning, right? It's simply yeah. what a step, step-by-step approach to meeting like your, your, your life goals, right? Is that the safest, easiest definition of financial planning? Because oftentimes I remember when you came to my house and you met with my wife and I, I was so overwhelmed, right? <laughs> For no reason, because you made it so easy. But talk to me a little bit about like the thinking that went into it and you started to do it, but I really, for our audience, wanted to acknowledge that not every young person at that time, whether they're from an African uh, African family or a Jamaican family uh, or any family for that matter are thinking through those lenses. But for some reason, you were thinking that way. Like how, how did you get there? Yeah, again, just my upbringing just literally start to instill these things and value of money in me. And mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be successful. I, I, I knew it. I, how successful? I had no idea. But I knew no matter what I took on for student loans, it could have been 100000 200000 I, I would have been fine. I would have found a way around it. I knew for sure mm-hmm. I would have done that. But the bigger question was why? Mm-hmm. Why put myself in that predicament if I do not have to? Because now if I have less loans, unless I was making the same amount of money, there's more for me to keep to then use those dollars for other things that are more meaningful to me. So when I started thinking about financial planning, when I work with my clients today, 
ultimately the first thing we do is we have, we get to understand our clients' goals, visions, and values. And once we understand what their visions are for the future, then we bring it back to the present and figure out where they are today. What are the things that you're doing today that are going to lead you to the place where you want to go? So mm -hmm. step one is we're going to hold up a mirror and show you, hey, if you do nothing different, here's where you're going to end up. Wow. And that is a scary thing for a lot of people because really in our society- But do I need a certain salary? Do I need a certain salary? I mean, there was a, a financial survey that was conducted and you and I were talking before the, the actual interview. And I mentioned, you know, the survey found that only 30% of consumers have paid a financial advisor. Those most likely to pay, you know, for an advisor include consumers with incomes above 100K or more, right? Um, like why, why does your salary matter, you know, like, or can I be fresh out of college making 30, $40,000 trying to get my life situated and pay back student loans? Should I still be financial planning or should I just be trying to play, pay off bills? Like, what is no. that? Start financial planning as early as you can. Reach out mm -hmm. to an advisor as early as you possibly can. You have some advisor would charge a fee for their advice that they give you. But it's the same when you go to college, you pay a fee, you pay your tuition to get the education. And there's a lot of financial advisors out there that are free. Not all of them charge a fee for their advice. And there's plenty out there that you can absolutely find. So regardless of your situation, absolutely reach out to an advisor. And even if they're not the right fit for you, because whatever fee they're going to charge is too high for where you are today, what I could promise you is they'll at least point you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. which is a good step either way no matter where you are start thinking about how do I plan out my finances because the biggest thing when it comes to building wealth and becoming wealthy and financially independent one day the biggest factor and the thing that leads people there is simply their habits is building the habit of systematically putting money away rain or shine so early on through my journey when I was in college I opened up an account and every single month, I put away $30 when I was in college into this vehicle. Every single month. Every single month. I remember being an undergrad and back to school, you had to get clothes. I was living off campus. I had my internship. You had to go to the parties. Uh, pledging my fraternity and it wasn't cheap. Cap off aside. Like you had all these things going through college and your account will always go up and down. Because no matter what, you're always going to have some expense. I like, like that low-key, that low-key shout out Kappa outside. Yeah, I got you. It's uh -oh. cool. <laughs> <laughs> but number love. Yeah. But simply just putting away that $30 every single month, all through undergrad, starts to instill that habit in me of no matter what's happening in my life, I'm going to pay myself first, regardless of the amount. So no matter where you are, I don't care if it's $5, I don't care if it's $10, whatever you could do, start paying yourself first. And future you is going to thank you because when you fast forward, that $30 turns to $100, to $500, to $1,000, to $5,000. And you continue saving more. But if you're not good with $1,000, you're not going to be good with a million. Mm. So start exactly where you are and start building those habits. So I absolutely agree. First thing is build a habit of putting money away systematically. Mm. And if you're just joining us, we're with Bilal um, Afalabi. Did I say that right? Yeah, it was perfect. Cool. Um, we're we're talking we're talking money, y'all. And and oftentimes when we have these conversations on the importance of being good stewards of your money, uh, we tend to shy away. We want to turn the radio station. We want to look at Instagram. But I'm really, really, really hoping that each and every one of you that tuned in, uh, I hope you can share this interview uh, because Bilal is sharing a lot of great information. All right. Uh, so please share it with your family, share it with your friends. Uh, and we're going to continue this conversation, but I want to take a quick break, um, give folks time to go brush their teeth or something because it's still a little early. Uh, but I want them to uh, really understand we're going to dive deeper and talk a little bit more on the financial planning tip and how we can overall address the wealth gap that exists in many communities, particularly communities of color. 
All right, so y'all keep it locked right here on FUBU Radio. You are inside the room with Brandon McGee, where we discuss politics, leadership, and culture. See you in a second. What's going on, y'all? Brandon McGee. And if you're just tuning in, you are tuning in to Inside the Room with myself, of course, Brandon McGee, where we discuss politics, leadership, and culture. Uh, and if you missed the first half of the show, or if you have been with us since nine o'clock, uh, we are here talking to Bilal, uh, and his story is just so amazing, y'all. Um, when you talk about um, working from the ground up, parents, hardworking parents, you know, migrating over to, uh, from rather, uh, West Africa, and, and just doing some amazing things, talk about a story. Uh, Bilal and his family, and you said you had a sister, it's just the two of you, or there are more? So after me, we have three more. I have one younger sister, two little brothers. <laughs> Come on, mama and papa. <laughs> Get, what? So it's a total of... I have five all together. Five. There's five of us all together. And they're, they're going to be better than us. Oh, of course. They yeah. better. Yeah. Like, shame on shame on you and your sister if they can't following your tracks and, and be better at it. But again, we're talking about the importance of financial planning, um, understanding it and really breaking it down. Uh, and I shared a fact right before statistics, right before we, we went on break, you know, 30%, you know, uh, of the individuals who take advantage of financial uh, planning, they have like incomes above a hundred thousand, you know, and, Bilal was able to kind of bust that myth. You don't have to have a six-figure salary to start planning for the future. Um, and that's so important. And I, I also think if we were to like focus in on the importance of, of the Black community, when you talk about disparities, you talk about wealth gap, you talk about professionals in this particular field, like Bilal, you're doing you're doing an amazing job um, in your space. Uh, and I watched a video uh, of you just tell your story and it, it was like two minutes of nothing but black dopeness. You know, <laughs> it was like, I know that guy, you know? And talk to us a little bit about uh, your space that you're in. Do you find, you know, a lot of folk who look like you in this space? Um, talk to us a little bit about your journey and what you've been able to witness um, throughout the years working in the financial industry. Yeah, um, no, there's not many of us in this industry. I remember being 20 years old, part of an internship program, and I was the only black intern as a financial planner. The only black intern as a financial planner for that entire year. And I start to sit back and think, okay, if we have this huge wealth gap that we wanna close, the best way for us to close the wealth gap is one, we have to educate ourselves mm -hmm. because education is the ultimate equalizer. That's right. And when I started educating myself in, in our industry, become a certified financial planner, that's literally in our industry is like getting a JD. It's like, like I was going to say, so you, you went to Central Connecticut State University here in the state of Connecticut. You yep. got your degree in. Yep. So I went to Fairfield University afterwards to become a certified financial planner. Which requires seven courses. And then afterwards, I took the board exam to pass hmm. a certified financial planner. And hmm. when you look at that definition itself, there are more certified financial planners over the age of 70 than there seven are zero? Seven zero than they are under the age of 30. Furthermore, out of the entire population, less than 2% of certified financial planners are Black. So when I'm thinking about an industry- How is that possible? Less than 2% and like, <laughs> it's, even, it's, it's even weird trying to articulate what we know in the wealth gap and we wonder why, yeah. you know, we have, we're struggling as a people. Um, be, anyway, carry on. I'm sorry, this is your interview and I am taking over. 2%, less than 2%. Yeah, less than 2%. So when I think about- the people that are searching for advice, people are more comfortable working with people that somewhat look like them 
that they can Absolutely. relate to that they like and they trust. So when I think about a huge opportunity, I'm very optimistic for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of what's going to come in this country, simply because what I'm starting to experience is I'm no longer the only Black person. There's a bunch of us now. And it's still not so enough. So did we, was it an uptick to maybe 3.5%? Like we're- Oh no, the, the, the percentages is still very low, but however, <laughs> it's, it's on the rise. And I'm just thinking if we go from two to five to 10 to 15 to 20%, as we continue to grow and with us in our community starting to get more educated college-wise, start to amass more wealth and they have somewhere else to go now because that's another problem that we face in our communities is we have individuals that know how to make money. Mm. They don't know how to keep the money. So what is, what is, what is the uh, statistic that says and community of color, black community, how much money do we actually spend? Like I'm sure billions or trillions. Trillions, yeah. Our power is over trillion dollars spending power, but- But we're not spending it within our community. It's sort of just going wherever. Absolutely. And and part of that reason, in in my opinion, is that the, the places that is going, we need to go into those places ourselves. Mm. We need to give other black people an opportunity to go spend money at the black dealership, mm. right? We need more black dealerships. We need more black physicians. So next time you have any type of health issues, go to a black physician, mm. right? If you need your teeth clean or you need a dentist, go to a black dentist. So yep. we're going yep. elsewhere, but the, the reality is less than 5% of physicians are black. I'm sure less than 5% of attorneys are black. So we need more of us in some of these different spaces as well to provide us within our communities the opportunity. And okay, so, sidebar, sidebar. Well, finish your thought and then I'm gonna ask you a quick question regarding yeah. recruitment of folks to work in this space. Absolutely. And, and furthermore, to, to speak to that is once you make the money, partner with someone to really learn how to keep the money. Because mm. it's fine for you to learn how to continue making money on your own, but there's places where you just have your money start working for you. Where now mm. you don't have to have just your singular business, but you can invest into other businesses and those businesses could pay you. And that's really a key piece that I'm missing. And this is the folks that are half a million, a million dollar a year individuals. They just don't know necessarily how to keep those money either. So that's the difference. So, and we're gonna get, just hold, let's put a pen there real quick. Like when you talk about the less than 2% of the folk in your space um, are people of color. Uh, and probably if you were to disaggregate that information, it'll probably be less than that when you talk about black folk. Um, you and I are members of very, very distinguished, honorable organizations, Kappa Alpha Psi, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity. Um, and it's funny, we had this conversation about a week ago um, when we were talking about the importance of collective power. Um, and it was, while it was around centered, centered around politics and the importance of utilizing our platforms to uh, debunk um, myths and whatever we wanna talk about that is causing our community to be where they are and not move forward. And saying that, do you think it would be a great opportunity for our organization, not our individual chapters, but the national entities to really come together and shine bright lights on the disparities? And we have a talented group of men. I'm, I'm not understanding why we haven't been able to generate, similar to you and your siblings, create pathways um, for many of those young men uh, that we we help to mentor um, and ultimately become our brothers. So I, I know it's like an open-ended question that many of us can answer for ourselves, but I'd love to just hear from you, your thoughts on that. I mean, you're not a recruiter. Hopefully you are, because your business is going to be crazy big and all over this country. But yeah. like, what, what are you doing to attract young minds to be in this space so that that 2% can at least go up to 5, 7, 10, 20? over the next 15 years. Absolutely. I think one key point is if they see it, they may be coming. And I'll put they intentionally because it doesn't mean they'll follow your path specifically. And although from both of our respective organizations, 
there's many of us when you zoom out it's really yeah. not enough of us mm. so i think That's we're trying but to really move the needle we just have to continue doing the best we can to show up to the school systems and it'll be nice the next time someone shows up to the school system someone has a white coat on an attorney is there the dentist is there the financial planner is there so they can see all of these different options and when they look at these different options they can say how oh, maybe i do want to be like a lot or maybe i want to be like brandon i want to be like this other individual just because mm-hmm. they're able to see that and witness it they can now start to experience it I went to college and I had no choice because my sister went. I had no choice. There's no one <laughs> outside of my parents, but if my sister didn't go, maybe y'all had a different voice saying, huh? If Kafka didn't go, do I have to go? Mm. Right. So I think it just takes someone taking the leadership. And more specifically, in my space today as a financial planner, I am doing the best I can to continue attracting people to this career. Part of the video that uh, got released recently was intentionally to, was for people to see that video and say, hey, you know what? I could be. I want to be like Bilal. Yeah. Right. I, I could be. And now you don't have to be me, but you could be in the same space and do it That's your right. way. That's right. And do it your way. Because it, it worked for me. It doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. But That's I true. think a career as a financial planner is one that at least everyone should explore at least one time in their lives. Selfishly. Not only mm-hmm. do you get the opportunity to educate yourself on finances and have the education for the rest of your life, but it may actually turn out that this may be a career that you really, really enjoy. And if we're talking about money, I know zero broke financial advisors. Just putting that out there. I know zero broke financial advisors. Not only will you make money, but you can also know how to keep your money. And those that do well in the space, they don't turn back. Hmm. That's, yeah. that's, that's dope. That's dope. Do you think um, financial planning is like the key to success when you begin talking about um, you know, when we talk about communities like a Hartford or um, sections of, of Georgia, like DeKalb County, or, you know, you name it, any, any community that's been under-resourced, underfunded, uh, ultimately impacting the, um, the resident, the person who lives there, like, do you think financial planning, and I know it's a weird kind of way of getting around to addressing quality of life, um, but do you think financial planning could help to address some of the disparities that exist in many of our communities? Absolutely. Financial planning is the key because we we live in the world where money controls where you live. Money is going to control the schools you educate your kids at. Money is going to impact the food you're able to consume, where you're going to actually go grocery shop. Money is going to impact the activities that your kids can participate in. Money is literally a lifeline that dictates everything else around you. Money is going to determine the type of health care you're going to receive. So to live an entire life and not mm-hmm. educate yourself on money is such a huge missed opportunity. So when I, well, about, I go, go keep ahead. going because this is a setup. This is a setup. Keep going. So when I think about different organizations and different societies, when I think about financial planning, planning growth, is it the number one thing we need? I don't know, but I'll do my best to argue against it. It is money is something that we should all be educated on, regardless of your circumstance. We should have a course on financial planning before you graduate high school. You should learn how to balance a checkbook. You should learn what how to file your taxes. You should learn. Oh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to close <laughs> on tax preparation and planning and all of that, but keep going. Right. You should learn how much of the money you should be spending versus actually saving. You should understand, mm. hey, this one decision is going to impact me this one way or another. My simple decision of, hey, I don't want to take out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of student loans. It was just a smart financial decision at a young age. But the reason why I knew that was because I was exposed to it by my accounting and marketing teachers, Mrs. Defoe, Mrs. Wellington at Windsor High School. And mm. they educated me. They taught me that. So as a young man, I could say, hey, you know what? Maybe if I'm going to go major in X and I can imagine my future earning potential is going to be X. Maybe it doesn't make sense for me to have $300,000 of student loans and become a social worker. Mm. Not to attack anyone. Want to put that out there clearly. But some people that are in these positions, they just weren't educated. And although they're there now, how do I navigate past the situation? And I'm going to pause it because you had another point you wanted to make, and I don't want you to forget it. So I, I set myself up. No. So go ahead. <laughs> 
So uh, along the lines of poverty um, and education, uh, the education system, um, poverty is real, right? And people are literally working poor, okay? Um, I can rattle off statistics. We can talk about it. You know, I can justify right here in, in, in my former district that I represented for 10 years, the, the, the haves and have not um, in the district. But my point in bringing up poverty is I can only imagine the mother or the father or the mother and father working as hard as they can and still unable to make ends meet, right? But meanwhile, we have Bilal, the financial planner, telling me the $500 that I have coming in, I need to plan. How do you, from your financial planning perspective, your lens, having you know, been in somebody's house, you've talked to them, you've been in these situations, what can you tell the person listening to us right now who's saying, I can't afford it? Like, I only work 30 hours a week. I don't have that type of money to save. I got to go talk to us about that. Yeah, great question. Step one, take inventory of your situation today. Sit down and do a budget and figure out how much is coming in and how much is going out. Not in all situations, but from my experience over the last 10 years, where I've done that with individuals that felt as if every single month they were living check by check. When you peel the layer back, what I've discovered in some situations is, you know what? I get it. Your sense of joy is maybe spending extra money on buying the fancy shoes or going out to the fancy dinner. And that's your sense of joy. Sometimes to get to the next level, you may have to make some sacrifices. And as long as you're willing to make those sacrifices, you will be okay. But I say that with the caveat of there are times in people's lives where income is not enough for the just your bare necessities. Mm. And if that is the reality for you, there's two things you could do. First option is I either spend less or option number two, I got to find a way to make more money. There you go. That yeah. is it. Yeah. Get your hustle for lack of better words. Find a way. What, could, what is my skill? Could I knit? Could I try to sell some products? Right. Maybe right now, my job working 30 hours a week and that's all I got. OK, well, what am I going to do the rest of my time? Is there an that's opportunity right. for me to learn a different skill that I could utilize elsewhere to make some money? Am I going to watch YouTube videos on how to drop ship products on Amazon? Mm -hmm. Am I going to start two rowing cars if I can? Uh, am I going to start Ubering? Uh, could I call someone and say, hey, can I borrow your car so I can go Uber so I can make some extra money? You mm -hmm. literally have to find a way to hustle and hustle and hustle because not everyone that has money, it wasn't just handed to everyone. Mm. A lot of people had to work for it. And there are times in your life where, hey, you know, I can't save money today and that's okay. Find out how much it takes to be you. If your job isn't covering that, what else could you do to make more money? Mm. And maybe your hustle could be, hey, I learned the system. I could get more assistance from the government. And if that's it, then figure that out too. But well, no, y'all don't do that. Don't y'all, don't y'all, don't y'all get no more money from, no, no. But you know what? You said it best. You said the first thing you need to do is take an assessment and you need to, you, I remember you telling us that in my house, start, create a budget, because if you don't know what you don't know, then how can you ever move forward? And you know, I, I get a little frustrated when I hear people say, I don't know what else to do. What do you mean? Start your hustle. Right. Like, do your thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, that that's those are like nice little jewels, man. Good, Besides good. the whole government the, thing. The, the government thing was intentional. That was thrown at you. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> But it is, it doesn't matter. The point in going through all of that was driving home. It doesn't matter who you are, what place you are in in your life in terms of your salary, um, your career. You can start financial planning immediately. Um, and you mentioned, you know, kids or young people should be able to, you know, know how to balance a checkbook. Uh, there were some 
years ago, a couple sessions ago, uh, a few of my colleagues um, from the Black and Puerto Rican Legislative Caucus, we put forth um, a proposal, a legislation that would basically make it mandatory, a credit that students would have to go through um, like banking 101 um, or you know, understanding stocks and, and all of this stuff. And certain school districts are actually teaching it. They're teaching that. it. But that's a whole nother conversation for another day about disparities in our education system and the impacts on people of color. But nonetheless, we are talking about financial planning. And we're so glad uh, that Bilal is with us on today um, to really break this down um, in sizable chunks to help us understand the importance of financial planning. He's got a bunch of acronyms after his, his name, y'all, like CFP, which that is to certify financial planner, but then it's like a CHFC. What's that about? Like, yeah, so a lot of my clients are business owners. So CHFC is chartered financial consultant. Oh, so, they want to make sure you're legit. Yeah, so I got that from the American College of Financial Services. So, so you just of, you just fancy all around, huh? I'm just educating myself. I want to learn as much as possible. My value proposition is my intellectual property. So I got to continuously educate myself to make sure I'm the best when I'm in front of my clients. Yeah. Well. Y'all listening to Bilal Efalabi, and we're here uh, inside the room, and he is really breaking it down. Go get a financial planner, y'all. Um, and I'm going to send you on a little, a little scavenger hunt. I want you to do some research. I want you to figure out who Bilal Efalabi is. And he shared his journey, um, but I also want you to be able to utilize his services and really tap into his expertise um, on financial planning for your future. Um, Bilal, we, we, we're going to keep you just maybe one more segment, um, but it's going to be a fun segment, all right? People might think you only talk about numbers, financial planning, all this stuff, um, but I'm going to do a speed, a round of like speed questioning, um, and just you only have a couple seconds to respond. You can't think. And I know that's all you do all day is think and strategize. <laughs> but you just got to be able to share with us um, your response to the questions. By the way, y'all, y'all listening, I have not shared any questions with him. He does not know. He's probably freaking out because he's a planner. He's got a plan. <laughs> he's got to plan. So he's probably sweating now because I'm going to ask random questions. But again, tell the people... Um, before we go on to break, Bilal, um, what are you working on now uh, in terms of your financial planning? Like what, what's happening in your world right now? Uh, you mentioned a client that you had and how amazing. I just saw like your face brightened up and you were really excited that this person could actually transition into being retired and not having to worry about anything. Can you share a little bit about that testimonial from one of your clients? Yeah, so my, my joy today, and by the way, I am freaking out of whatever's happening next because I'm not prepared <laughs> for it. Uh, but <laughs> my joy happens from my clients accomplishing something that they set out oh. to accomplish. So I have a client that's uh, retiring. Uh, I spoke to him today. We're gonna start sending him checks next month. And it's like, he doesn't have to work for money anymore. And he's doing it earlier than he had thought he could have from when I met him. Mm. And now for him and his wife to receive checks every single month at 58 years old, and he does not have to worry about money anymore. It's just a wonderful feeling. And having another client who had their firstborn and now we're planning for college, and now their daughters is going to be able to go to the college of their choice because mm. of the seeds that we're planting today. So when I'm starting to hear things like that, it gets me excited. I have another client who they're buying their dream homes. And wow. this one is this one's very strategic. We were very strategic in terms of how we actually position them to be able to purchase that home and uh they're going to live in their home they're going to put in the pool this summer and they're gonna have the kids swim in the pool that we plan on like i don't know man i get really, like this is amazing stuff that's actually happening to other people's lives and as a planner one other client today we spoke he's gonna get a tesla this weekend and he was I, like, I, I want a, I want a tesla <laughs> i want a tesla <laughs> yeah. and they just realized that's oh, amazing yeah i'm not gonna get this stuff and then we just look at the financial plan and say, okay, we're just going to take the money from this account and we're going to pay for it. And we can replenish it from this account. 
And they're making these decisions with a high degree of confidence because they understand as long as they continue putting X amount of dollars away or an X or return, they can stop working for money when they choose to. So mm-hmm. if they understand that, they could put a pool in the house and not fear. They could buy the Tesla when they want. They could go on the trips that they want. You don't have to wait until you're 60 years old to start traveling. They could go so to Florida next year. You said, <laughs> you said 58. When did they actually start financial planning? Just to kind of put some numbers on it for, for people that are listening. Years ago, day one, I graduated mm-hmm. college. I got my job. My employer offered this thing known as a 401k. And they said there's this thing known as a match, which is free money. And they say, hey, if I put X percentage into this, my do the max X amount of dollars, whatever yep. that matches, put that away. And that's what they've done. And that's what they've done. And government employees, wow. they get the pension and social security. And they just, they're very diligent putting money away. And that really helped them. And over time, they increased the contribution percentages little by little. They could have been mm. better positioned, but they're good. They're mm. good. I wasn't here 30 years ago when I met them. But the beautiful part about it is my clients are, are, are good today and they're retiring. I get to use him and his family hindsight for my younger clients' uh, foresight. Wow. Wow. And it's so exciting because they can be better positioned when they get there. That's amazing. That's, so, yeah, that's amazing. what's happened in my life or other people's lives, I should say. Well, it's a part of your life. I mean, you've helped them to develop through relationship development, basically, help them create a plan and, and they stuck to it. Um, and I think I've heard you sort of use an analogy, planting seeds and basically watering uh, those seeds until it becomes like this massive tree. Um, so that that's absolutely amazing. So again, if you're just tuning in, y'all, we are talking with Bilal. He is a certified financial planner. Uh, and he is doing amazing things. And it's not just about, um, you know, attaining a certain number of clients, very quality driven business that he has going on here and proven success clearly. Um, and, and we're encouraging you uh, to do some research um, and really just calm down, chill, breathe. Financial planning is not as difficult as you are making it. All right. Um, so when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna ask him one more question um, about where perhaps people could go just to get information um, about financial planning um, and you know some of the frequently asked questions that I think he's already answered throughout our interview, but maybe he could just give us a rundown uh, and then. We'll, we'll call it quits. We're going to have a little fun, ask him some questions. You can't think, okay? You cannot think. You just got to just go for it, all right? It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, all right? So, of course, y'all keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. Be sure, be sure to download the app, the official app. Obviously, if you're listening, you've downloaded the app, but I want you to share it with your friend, your family and friends. Go to FUBU Radio. Dot com. That's for us by us.com to download the app. All right. Keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. I like things playing out clearly. Hey, hey, y'all. If you're just tuning in, we're inside the room uh, with Brandon McGee here. Um, and uh, we are with Bilal uh, Afalobi. Am I getting better? Afalabi, yeah. Afalabi, Afalabi, like lobby, Afalabi. Yeah. Lord have mercy. It's, I mean, I don't understand, but nonetheless, we're with Bilal Afalabi, okay? Yeah. And he has been just absolutely amazing, dropping all kinds of knowledge. And I've just really enjoyed our conversation this morning. Um, and I hope that those of you who are listening have been inspired. You're able to take this information and do something with it. Do something with it. So, uh, Bilal, could you just share with us really quickly um, where you would direct our listeners? It, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking about it. I know they are. They want to start now. They want to start today. Sunday is a great day to reflect, get ready for your week, challenge yourself, make your own coffee at home, and save that $10 because at Starbucks, it's a little pricey, right? So what would you share with the folks listening to us inside the room. Yeah. Um, if you're planning for this week, 
first thing you want to do is set your money goal. For this week, I will X, Y, and Z. Buy, and then Friday night, check in with yourself. How did I do relative to my goal? And just insert whatever you want. My money goal for the week is blank. Like my good clients, my good friends, Reginald and Latoya Alton's kingdom, they will always tell you have a money date. Mm. Have a money date with your partner and talk about money. And maybe your goal is on Friday night, on Wednesday night, on Tuesday night, I'm going to have a money date with my partner. Bilal, oh my God, you just just hurt my feelings. I need to start having a money date with my wife. We have dates, but we don't have a money date. That's dope. Anyway, go ahead. I, I need to interrupt <laughs> that, you. No, that's that's not mine. That's Austin's kingdom. So check. Okay, out. whatever, whatever. Yeah. You're saying it today. Okay. We'll get to <laughs> yeah. So that that'll be my advice in terms of it's Sunday. What would I like to accomplish this week? Think about what is your goal as well regarding your money. And that's mm. it. And it could be whatever you want. I'm going to leave that up to you. If you want some ideas, it could be the money date with your partner. It could be for this week. I will not spend more than X amount of dollars on food. It could be, hey, I'm going on a cash diet. When you go grocery shopping, get the cash back, right? And maybe that's all you can spend. Go to the ATM, take out some cash. When the cash is out, you're out. But those are some ideas for you in terms of what you can do this week to be better with your money. If you haven't, go to your, your portal with your employer and just put in the contribution to get the free money. It's, it's free. Just whatever the match is, just put the money in. And it can be that simple. Mm. But all it takes is just one step in the right direction. One step at a time. One step at a time. And that's it. Financial planning is so difficult for us because money is one of these things that we do not talk about. We can talk politics. We can talk sex, race, anything, but no one ever gets on national television and say, I have X amount of dollars in my savings account. Ever. So money is one of the things you just don't talk about. So naturally it makes it scary. But just take one step at a time and just make one positive money decision this week. And then from there, just build on that habit. That's dope. I appreciate that. Um, so we were laughing uh, almost hysterically before we started this uh, this this last, I guess, part of our interview. And um, Mr. Afalabi, I'm I'm gonna get it, and I'm gonna get it, and it's gonna be right. Um, you know, all nervous because he doesn't he doesn't know the questions that I plan to ask. And so the reason I'm doing this is because. Bilal is such a planner. Clearly, he's in he's in that space. Um, this would just I thought about it like literally during the set, and I'm like, oh, we need to have fun. I need to ask him some real fun questions. Give him two seconds to answer. If he doesn't answer in two seconds, we just got to keep moving. So it's gonna it's gonna be a lightning round. Five questions. Let's go. Question question number one. What's your favorite color? Blue. Why did you think? And then why is it blue? Shouldn't it be like red? Anyway, where do you um <laughs> where where do you want to go uh next? Because I know you've been all throughout the country, uh, this world. So where where's your next des- destination? South Carolina. When are you getting married? One, two. Okay, moving on. Um, do you want to have children? Yes, one, two. One, two. I'm getting married very soon. <laughs> very very soon what's your dream job i'm doing it and lastly if there's one thing that you could tell this might be too easy but if there's one thing you could tell your six-year-old self now what would it be that's hard in two seconds uh no 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 no. i'll give you i'll give you a little flexibility because i think it's important it's a reflection moment I would tell my six-year-old self, you can do anything Mm. and remain confident and you are happy. Mm. That's what I would tell my six-year-old self. And I would tell my six-year-old self that when you're eight years old, you're going to move to the United States, to Hartford, Connecticut, and you're Mm. going to go to Noah Webster Elementary School. And you will wish you have met your future wife, but you will Mm. not have met her until you were 25 years old wow that's dope yeah that's dope that's well yeah 
Wow, that's amazing. Well, as always, man, thank you so much, um, first of all, for stopping by inside the room uh, to just chill with us on this Sunday morning. Um, go, go, to, go to brunch, go to church, go do something. You still have a little time. Um, but most importantly, thank you on behalf of so many people who tune in every single week. Um, and we are committed uh, to providing information uh, when information is needed and when we know it's needed. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Any parting words you want to share with folks? How can they follow you, get in touch, give, give some information? Because I'm sure folks are now like, who is this guy? And I need to get this information. Absolutely. So feel free to go on Google and type in Bilal Afalabi. My website will pop up, bilalafalabi.endo.com. Feel free to reach out to me there. Uh, LinkedIn will pop up. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, social media will pop up. Facebook, Instagram, feel free to reach out to me there. Uh, I'm just the only Bilal Afalabi that I've met on Google. <laughs> so feel free to tap right in and I'm very easy to hold up. Indeed, indeed. Tapping right on in. And as always, thank y'all uh, for tapping in inside the room uh, where we discuss politics, leadership, and culture. And I cannot wait until next week, next week, uh, to be back inside the room with you as we unpack a lot of great stories. There's a lot of stuff that's been happening. Uh, my prayer uh, goes out to those in Ukraine and also in Russia. All right. Um, a lot of families here in the country, in the US of A, whose families really don't know what's happening with their relatives. And so I wanna be super, super sensitive to that. I do have friends whose family um, are in danger. Uh, and so I wanna make sure that you all are in tune to what's happening globally uh, and that it can impact us as well. Uh, so as always, I love you. As Jesse Jackson would say, keep hope alive and do something for yourself. Do something for yourself. And that is plan, financially plan, better your future. And if you don't understand, ask the question. Doesn't mean that you have to have the answer to everything, but you gotta start somewhere. And if ever we are going to change our communities, and I'm, I'm talking especially our black and brown communities and we're not a monolith. So th there's a diaspora. There is a lot of us, okay? In order for us to change or impact our communities, we've got to start with ourselves. So educate yourself. I love y'all and see you next week. Peace.